Hey guys, John here. Alex is here with me too. We're doing our Morbius spoiler review. And if you guys can't, go ahead, go over to Spotify, rate us over there, go over to Good Pods, rate us, like us over there as well. Follow us on Good Pods, follow us on Spotify as well, follow us on Apple Podcasts and all that other good stuff too. Rate us, tell us what you think about each of our episodes. Go ahead, do that, smash that notification button on the bottom right hand corner to allow you guys to know when we have something new here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, smash the subscribe button. And without further ado, we're going to go on ahead and talk about Morbius. I hope you guys enjoy our review. All right. Hey, Alex. So yeah, you always catch me mid-dance. I'm like vibing to the theme. And music on here. I have a good vibe going on here. Unfortunately, the movie didn't give us good vibes. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. Right. Let's just say the Beach Boys had a better time at giving us good vibrations than this. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Morbius is pretty much with Jared Leto. He's a doctor who has this condition, and he's studying um, bats to actually help him with his disease. And here's the thing. I like Jared Leto in this movie. I thought he did a bit fantastic job in this thing. For once, he's not overtopping his character performances or anything like that. He's not doing it's me, Mario. It, I'm I'm from you know, I'm, you know what I'm talking about. That movie, The uh, House of Gucci. House of, House of Gucci. Yeah, and he's not uh, doing that other thing that he's doing for Apple TV either. He's just basically being a charismatic character that actually gives us a reason to care about him. Not only that, but he's also very soft-spoken. He cares about his patients. You can see that he cares about his patients. He's not all about himself or anything like that either. So that's something that I really like. He's not egotistical or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But then another thing that I was kind of uh, confused about. Okay, so very beginning, we wind up seeing Michael. He winds up cutting his hand. Bats start flying, and then all of a sudden it goes into 25 years later. Well, 25 years before he actually becomes a doctor, where him and this other kid, Milo, who uh, basically Mobius winds up nicknaming. And here's the thing I feel about this. I feel like that relationship was actually rushed because of the fact that it didn't give us a chance to build on those characters to make us care about them. I thought the young actors did a fantastic job at portraying those characters, Mm-hmm. But they need a little more meat to me for me to be able to care about them in that way. And even when Morbius winds up leaving him, you don't see the repercussions. We saw a small little repercussions of what happens when he leaves his friend. But we don't see the full context and details of how many years it has been or anything like that. But what about you, man? I mean, what did you think of some some of that? That was a weird part. I was so bugged by that. He was like, hi, my name's Lucian. And he's like, well, you're Milo now. He's like, why am I Milo? He's just Milo. And then they called, they just called him Milo for the rest of the movie. I guess because a previous patient was named Milo. And that's well, I'm wondering, well, don't forget this though, too, because he's like, why are you calling me Milo? Then he turns around and he says, well, because all the other Milos are come and go. So my guess is that whatever their treatments that they're trying to give him and everything is basically why uh, basically why he calls him Milo. Now is I want to know about the, the first Milo. What happened to Milo 1? <laughs> and why is Lucian called Milo now? Is it, that that bugged me. But like you said, I, I, I did enjoy Jared Leto in this movie. I thought he did a great job. I, I liked how he played the exhaustion that his character was going through. You can see it in just how he moves and how he talks like this disease that he has is really affecting him. And Jared Leto sold that really well, even when he becomes later a vampire and, you know, he's exhausted from the lack of blood that he's consuming because he's trying not to kill people, which I'll, I'll get into that aspect later. But Jared Leto, I think he was the shining star of this movie. Matt Smith, also did a great job, I mm-hmm. thought. Well, I say great job just in terms of I saw the effort was there. The actors in this movie did the best they could. They looked at the script and they were like, okay, bro. And they they did the best they could with it. That's what I'll say about that for right now. 
Right. They did the best job of what they can with the script. And I believe that those they were those characters. I really thought that they did a fantastic job of bringing those characters to life. It's the direction that I had a problem with. Because one of the things I said before the movie was even out, I said that it clocks in at an hour and 42 minutes long. This movie needs to be two hours long, at least, for a character that we've never seen on the screen before. Right. An introduction to a character that we haven't seen on the screen before. And I was also excited whenever this was announced that he was actually going to be in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, but then they cut him and they decided to do something else. But that being said, you also lifted an embargo 24 hours before the movie was even out, which is a red flag. And I'm not trying to talk with negativity with this film or anything like that because I had high hopes for this because I'm a huge Morbius fan. I have the comic books. I have a pop figure for crying out loud. But, you know... When I I care about the character and the characterization of who those characters are, and when you fail to deliver on who those characters are and not giving us context behind those characters, it makes us not care about what you're trying to tell us, especially right. with a character that we've only been seeing on screen for the first time. It'd be and here's the thing: Venom was two hours long, and Yes, some people will say, well, that movie sucked. Well, that movie was better than this movie. This yeah. movie, That movie was better than Venom versus Carnage and everything, too. But here's another thing. We also had an introduction to Venom in Spider-Man 3, which gave... So, therefore, they didn't really have to tell us who Venom is compared to Morbius. Mm-hmm. Also, too, they gave us Tom Hardy, someone that we cared about with the character, and they gave him time to develop. With this, it's like, oh, Jared Leto is a doctor. Okay, check mark. They got that right. He's studying bats and puts blood into his DNA to actually try and cure him. But also, too, I said this in my notes. They don't actually show us any other stuff that they're actually show. They're not testing out anything else but the blood bat serum. Mm-hmm. Show us you're working your ass off to be able to do other DNA testing and why those have failed. But yeah. yet you discovered bat, uh, this thing yes you talked about it but show us in context mm-hmm. of what you're doing in your research that you're doing to allow us to care about what you're doing right and that's the issue that i mainly have and then you also have another th- another problem that i re- really don't get is okay so after morbius go i like how this other guy winds up helping him out where he's like look we ha- we have top scientists here and they can't even figure out what was wrong with our machine. You deserve to be doing much more in your life. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna check with New York and see if we can actually get you funded for a college. And then next thing you know, he goes out on his journey, and then he leaves um, his friend behind. And then we wind up seeing him basically insult <laughs> a uh, insult one of the leaders. And everything, but it also goes to show you how charismatic he is about his patients mm. and how he wants to do more for his patients. But I can't get over this. Okay, so his lab, I'm thinking his lab is far off in his, in the sector. It seems like it's right next door to his patient. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I was like, oh, it's just across the hall. You have a, a secret compartment of your lab that is definitely illegal. And it's just, if you just open the door, your patient can look right into your lab it was like hey uh my doctor's doing illegal stuff right now in the other room can i be transferred please (laughs) i'll take my chances with this killer disease he's doing something over there that has me worried that was was, uh going back a little where he leaves milo behind that seemed like that was going to be a big thing that's what i thought it was going to be like oh you abandoned me and it was like, no, no, they just reconnect. It's just fast forward and like still best friends. And like, oh, when did they get back together as homies? Right. When did they start this partnership? Like this movie felt like it was just trying to rush. It's just trying to get to the end. It was just like, here's a Morbius movie so we can move on to the next thing. And that was the, that was my main issue with this movie. They were trying their Sony once again, like doing the same mistake that they had with the amazing Spider-Man too. They were so mm-hmm. focused on setting up for their own cinematic universe that they forgot to focus on the building blocks to get us there. Right. 
And you see, I thought they actually learned their lesson with Venom because I thought Venom was a great movie and everything. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and also, too, you also have a villain be- with motivation. Yes, the motivation might have been stupid or whatever, but we understand his motives. We understand that villain's motives. With this one, I'm questioning who's the villain here? Mm-hmm. Where Where's this going? Yeah. What journey are you taking us on? And especially with Lucius and everything, too, whenever he just randomly just shows up and said, I found a cure. And he's like, yeah, it's been years since I've seen you. I'm like, what? I wanted to see more of Lucius being being a survivor on his own mm-hmm. and being pissed off at Morbius for leaving him, even though it's not his fault. It's actually the person that's taking care of him's fault for doing the, doing that in the first place. I want to say I want to say this because of the fact that you w- left me here. I'm pissed off at you for leaving me here by myself mm-hmm. to defend a, uh, being, being defenseless when I have nobody. All I had was you my best friend. And once you left, that was it. I went through hell, turmoil, picked on, and also ridiculed for my disability. Yeah, but no. they don't go they don't go through no. none of that in the movie. It's just like, oh, suddenly he's super wealthy and he funds Morbius all of Morbius's research. So I'm like, "Oh, wait, where well, did the money come from?" That's the caretaker though. The same take caretaker that got him into the Morbius into that school. So I thought, okay, so basically he's caring for Milo and helping Milo out. So I believe that part. And basically mm-hmm. he's actually funding everything for Morbius as well. Oh, so the I caretaker. That, yeah. I'm thinking the caretaker it's, is the one who, oh, because it I makes more it was sense. Milo's money. I'm thinking it's actually the caretaker's money because it actually makes more sense. Because mm-hmm. it even said because remember he's like, oh when did you become a lawyer? He goes, oh, I didn't. When when do you think I can't became a lawyer? I didn't become a lawyer. I didn't do anything with my life. So that told me right then and there that he's actually a moocher off of the te- caretaker and everything and not doing jack crap with his life. Yeah, at well, all. Like, once again, they don't really explain things. No. It's just like he's he's wealthy here. That's this is that's all you need. I'm like, no, exactly. I would actually like more. Uh, let's see here. I actually said this. Michael, uh, as kids, not enough time to develop their friends' friendship. Doesn't know how much time has passed, like I said. Two friends, and doesn't show us what was life without Michael. Uh, also, too, I also put down the transformation was too fast mm. in this film. Because I was thinking, if this was a two-hour movie, it would actually take a while to build the transformation which is why I was even more sold on it whenever I heard they were doing it. I'm like, okay, so a two-hour movie, slow transformation, and then in the final act, you have the full transformation. Yeah. He becomes Morbius. Right. Living vampire. He doesn't really become that in this movie. No. And then there's also this other part where they're inside the ship, and him and the doctor. Uh, You know the doctor, the character doctor name, though, because I can't Uh, think. Martine Bancroft. Yeah. And here's the thing. They're doing their research. They're on this thing with Mercs. And they have a lab set up because of the fact that it's illegal. So therefore they have to do it overseas to do this. So it has a very Dracula kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. because it does remind you of Ram uh, Stoker's Dracula in a sense. Even whenever they're restraining him and stuff like that, it looks like him being crucified to a cross in a sense. Yeah. The way this actually looks, so I like the symbolic stuff to go with it, but still doesn't give us anything else. But no, they, they put effort no. in the symbolic symbology right. of it, but not in the actual story. No, but you also have bats inside this other container thing that they have in the uh, secret lab that he has next to this uh, his patient. Uh, but then they even do something even crazier with uh, the transformation stuff. They, once she in, ends up injecting him, once they find out that the DNA is actually stable, they wind, she winds up giving him the shot. And then, of course, that's when he starts going through the full transformation of it. And you can definitely tell that they were trying to go for the R rating, but then they decided not to because of the fact that they can't do the blood. Because if they show enough blood splatter, that gives them the R rated thing, uh, rating. So, therefore, that's why it's we did It's a vampire movie. Like, right. he's... He's a villain. Like, I mean, he does become an anti-hero eventually, but he starts off as a villain. 
he's a vampire. There, there's blood. There should be blood. Like you think Sony would have learned this lesson from the second Venom movie when they had Carnage. Like that should have been rated R. Like mm-hmm. how do you have a, an alien serial killer not just be all be a bloody mess? And same thing with this. Like this should have been a lot more gruesome. Not that it would make the story any better, but it would it would have made the action scenes better. Right, and only that. But speaking of the action sequences, they were very shaky. I mean, we didn't get to see hardly anything with the with it. Now, the only cool sequence I could say that was actually pretty cool was whenever he was about to attack the Merc. And then you see, it reminds you of like a first-person view video game. Because you got to see it from the lenses of Morbius's uh, sensibilities, which is something I liked. But then after that, it becomes like shaky cam where you don't really see anything that's coming or anything either. Yeah. And then there's even one scene, if you notice, in the ship where he winds up supposed to be scrap. He winds up sli- sliding the uh, slicing the guy's throat, and he's whole. And he didn't even touch him. He didn't even he didn't touch, touch him. him. Like, That's right. He's like, oh. he I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? Oh, he's <laughs> playing dead. He's yourself. like, oh, you got me. Oh, oh you got me. <laughs> exactly. I th- I kind of thought the the action scenes was just like CGI vomiting. Is like especially with his fight with uh not not Milo he it was just uh, just mishmash of CGI and I was like ooh what is happening I'm it's like I'm playing a PS2 game right now it was a little it crazy like that- sometimes it looked good but I like I liked all the the colors of the wind effect that he had oh I yeah I like that. that 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 looked cool but once it got into the fight scenes it was just it was doing too much. I agree. It kind of reminds you of that PS4 game that I got for free called Vampire. And it has that kind of effect to it. I don't know if you've ever saw Once we're off here, go in and check that out. I played but, three minutes of that. And I was I like, dedicated more time than you did to that game. <laughs> I was like, I don't like this game no more. Um, another thing I want to mention is this too. They also copied Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins theme. Yes, I. And, oh, I thought I was going crazy. No, and they, guess what? And the way Michael interacts with the bats, even the Batman Begins quote, "I have to become something more." Yeah, I'm I like, was, what? I was watching that scene, and I was just like, "This music sounds really familiar. It's giving me Batman vibes." And then you know, thank you for confirming that because now it's just like they totally ripped off the Batman movies. Like, they did. Wow. And especially they when, make their own music. Exactly. Especially the scene when Michael has all those bats around him and they're lifting him up. I'm like, oh my God, now they're doing Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman. Remember? At the uh, very oh, beginning when I they remember. lift him up. I'm like, oh. oh my God, now they're doing Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman. So now you're copying off of two DC properties with the themes of that instead of letting it stand on its own merit. Mm-hmm. And that's an issue I have with it. That, that, that's, that's that Sony stuff, see? People were, after Spider-Man No Way Home, people are like, oh, heck yeah, let's get an Amazing Spider-Man 3. Let's get a Spider-Man 4. But like, you have to remember who's going who's gonna to be the one making those movies. Sony. Not the MCU. So it's just like, they. this is the kind of, look at this movie. This is the kind of effort we get from them. They, I, oh, mm-hmm. I can't with them right now. <laughs> I would... Well, to be honest with you, when I saw Venom, I'm like, okay, they're on the right track here. Yes. Because I'm like, okay, this is the way you do it. You introduce your villains. And then after you get done with um, the actor that Andrew Garfield's, uh, not Andrew Garfield, but Tom Holland's contract. You can put him into the Sony-verse and make him fight all these villains and then put him into the Sinister Six uh, canister, if you will, <laughs> and do it that way. It's, to me, I think it would make more sense with him trying to fight these villains and then put that put him away in a holding area mm-hmm. versus trying to cram a Sinister Six movie in there without any context of the Orsborns or anything like that. So I think that would actually be the best way to go about it. I think so too, but just like the issue that is, is they're not really setting up their characters to be in the Sinister Six. 
Like the Sinister Six are villains that want to kill Spider-Man. But so far, like Ven- in the Venom movies, more of an anti-hero than a villain. And then this movie, especially, he's more of a hero by the end of it than a villain. So like it doesn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, why would this heroic Morbius want to join a group of villains to kill a guy he doesn't even know? Spider-Man doesn't even exist in this universe. No. They, they, he only they, they haven't got that right. Like, so how how does he even know who Spider-Man is? And it's and then like why why would he want to kill him? Like, why does he have beef? Because at the end right. of the movie, he he was rescuing people. Or he was Same beating the bad guy. But another thing, though, too, is remember whenever the do- the doctor, she goes, I know there's some good in you, basically. And basically what winds up happening is this. She winds up saying, how did you, why, what happened? You know, because he winds up sparing her by killing all the other mercs. So he's not even totally a vampire yet. He still has some... His good sense is still left in him not to hurt innocent people that he loves and cares about. Mm. So they got that part right because of the fact in the Morbius comics, he doesn't hurt innocent people. He's looking for a cure to cure himself. And that's basically his only goal is to cure himself of this, mm. dis- not only his uh, disability, but also cure himself as of this vampire inside of him, though, too. And a matter of fact, it, I ended up reading the 2020 com- comics with uh, Spider-Man and stuff with Morbius. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, we would actually get a full comic book run. But basically what was the, what Spider-Man did was he ended up making a deal with Morbius. He goes, let's make a deal. You don't bite me with those uh, fangs, Mr. Fang, and I'll help you find a cure. So I like that idea of Morbius and Spider-Man teaming up in the comics and stuff like that because it actually shows you his identity of who he is versus the mm-hmm. movie, which we didn't get any identification of who that character is. Nope. And he's not a villain, like you said. He's an anti-hero. Why would he want to team up with Vulture and, he, and everything when Vulture is a villain? Mm-hmm. And also, too, how does he Morbius would not team up with somebody that he doesn't even know? And then also, too, he uh, the reason why he became the vampire was because of uh, Spider Man's blood as well in the comics. But still, we're not going based off of comics because in the job of the director is to actually create the universe that you want to create for the movie that you want to make. So right. I understand that. But then you also have this blue blood there because we already know why that's there because they want to keep the PG 13 rating. They can't actually have him eating regular human blood. <laughs> like, why not? You want him to be in the Sinister Six? Like, have him, have him drink, have him, have him kill people. Like, they, they should. What they should have done for this movie, instead of whatever this was that they did, they should have had Morbius like continuously losing control. Of being a vampire they should have had him kill a few people you know and you know he feels guilty about it he tries to fix himself but it's a hard thing to control and then the bad guy the bad guys or antagonists shouldn't have been it shouldn't have been milo this other vampire it should have been the police like maybe give them super teched out police Mm -hmm. and just that that be the conflict like he's struggling to get control of this being a vampire and then if you want him to have a reason to try to kill Spider-Man tease Spider-Man somehow ending up in that universe and him being like, Oh, maybe with that super person's blood, I can reverse what's going on with me. Like right. some a little, some, little something like that, that will give us a reason like, Oh, it makes sense that he would go after him. But with this, it's just like, Hey, help me fight Spider-Man. Morbius is like, I don't know who that it guy is. And I don't know who you are, but sure. Bro. I'm in, let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and I got nothing to do. I have nothing to do but kill uh, some more of our audience's time by pretending I'm going to team up with you. Um, another thing I want to mention is Lucius. When he goes into the glass door without any question why Michael needs blood. Now, okay, you and I are best friends. Are good friends, right? So, if I see you drinking blood in this glass door... 
Can we that raise a little bit of a question? Hey, dude, what the hell is going on with you? Why are w- you drinking Would you blood? open the door to give me more blood? If I was just, I give me more. First off, I'll be asking you, why do you need blood? What is going on with you? That would be my first two questions before I give you blood. Another thing, too, is where's the little door to actually just slide the blood through so that way I don't have to open the door? It's like, I'm not coming. Just, just throw it in real quick. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm like, here, here you go. But, but he doesn't even question it. He just knows that his best friend needs him. And his darkest time. And so he opens the door, gives him the synthetic blood instead of the uh, red blood. And to me, I think it would have made more sense if the blood that's in him actually mutated to blue. Mm -hmm. Rather than have synthetic blood that, don't get me wrong, yeah, he saved a bunch of people's lives with the synthetic blood. But I would like to see some mutation going on with his own blood. Yeah. Or something. Don't give me no regular red blood. Give me the blue blood. That's the good stuff. <laughs> but then also, too, Tyrese is in this movie for no reason. Literally no reason. They they don't do anything with the cops. They show up, say a few lines, and then they're gone. They don't they don't really have an impact in this movie. They they arrest Morbius that one time and then he escapes. So I'm just like, oh, so these dudes are not good at their job. He's like, they're going to put a vampire in a cell with a window. Like, oh, I'll just break out. I'm like, okay, these guys, I I don't need to take them seriously. I was like, why are they even in the movie? Exactly. But also, too, aside from Tyrese, his partner got on my nerves in this movie. It wasn't funny. No, they were forcing the humor with him. And, and he did more of the talking too. Yeah, I thought Tyrese was going to be the one leading the charge, but no, he was just like he was just back here, like hey. <laughs> and then the thing that he says to Tyrese is, "I've been the one who's been, uh, you've been, I've been the one who's been taking charge here and doing everything. Why you didn't do anything?" I'm like, "Dude, you didn't give Tyrese to do anything. You wanted to do it all." Yeah. Even whenever they're investigating, now this is another thing I mentioned in my notes. Even when they're at, uh, there's only one or two scenes, one scene in particular where they're just investigating the ship. And that's it. And then you see another scene inside the hospital where they're investigating another scene. And then they're thinking, oh, vampire. And the, ver- the, the, the uh, stupid detective automatically assumes that it's a vampire because it got drained of blood. And everything, and then only when say why or the rationality of why he thought that, you know, because and they tend to believe him because he says vampire. If I was his partner, wouldn't you say, okay, dude, what? Okay, what makes you think that this is a vampire here? This is real life. Like, let's pretend we're professionals for a second. (laughs) Why? Why is your for? It does look like something you see in a vampire movie. But why is that your first thought as a professional right. detective? And then even what with are the we holy water, you for? <laughs> the holy water in the interrogation area, and then you also have Morbius jumping out the window because of Lucius. And then, of course, now we get into this other thing that just got on my nerves too. And it's, they're trying to add that villainous type of feel to his character, to Milo, where he's dancing and. And everything I'm like, what the this reminds me of interview with the vampire. Like, with, there you go, Maddie. With Dancing Tom with Cruise. Shirt off. Get it, Matt. I was kind of feeling that scene. I'm like, okay, Doctor Who, get it down. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is just getting this movie is just taking me out of it all the way through this whole entire ride. I was like, what is happening right now? It was kind of ridiculous, but I was okay with that. <laughs> I didn't like how Milo was just suddenly a bad guy, though. Mm-hmm. They didn't really hint at all that he had that villainous streak where he was like, heck right. yeah, I'm totally fine murdering people. Like, now, no hesitation. Right. Like, he had that little bit when he was a kid where he was beating up the bully that Which was beating him up. So, like, I was like, okay, but that's. That's tough. And yeah, he's desperate to cure his illness. But like, I don't think that's enough for him to just 
full-on villain. Like, that was just rapid character development. Well, that's why I was also mentioning Venom, because of the fact that we actually have motivation behind a villain on what he wanted to do. Regardless of the fact that you may think it's stupid, at least we have motivation behind what the villain is trying to do. This is like, simple, but it made sense. Right. But also, too, with this one... They could have easily went into and dissected the blood and say maybe the blood is actually making him react to things in a certain way. They could have done it that way. But no, there's no. And then also, too, like I said, if they went on ahead and did the whole entire childhood thing where he's on his own and he has that beef with Morbius, that would actually work out to be in the villainous role because of the fact you have motivation. Something as simple as that would have worked. 100%. And it doesn't. It falls flat. And then even whenever he kills his friend, I didn't feel nothing. I'm going to be honest with you. I felt nothingness because the, there was the, nothing the there. When he killed the caretaker. I, I felt more for the tear, caretaker than I did his own friend. <laughs> I, I was honestly, when the caretaker died, I was just like, that's sad. That was weird. <laughs> Can we talk about another weird death yeah. scene when, yeah. uh, doc, when the lady Martine Bancroft died mm-hmm. and like the blood started dripping in her mouth just, just a little bit and she just did, did that and then died i'm like that was weird like was okay like, so she's gonna turn into a vampire but like that that was a weird thing to do have her lick her lips and then die like that's a weird transition that he totally was. just saw that did he not think she was gonna turn into a vampire <laughs> exactly and I'm like, are they really going to do this, the Dracula thing where she turns into a vampire too? And they did. And then uh, there's also the other thing too, where the, remember when the detectives comes into French, uh, into her uh, room? This is, oh, you have twins. You have, uh, you have kids. Why are you dedicating your life to Dr. Morbius and putting your life in danger when you have kids? They go into an apartment. There's no kids. There's nothing there. Nothing but a cat. Wait, they said she had kids? I totally missed that. She has kids? I believe so. If I'm not, I could be wrong, but I'm, I believe that they, they did say that she had twins, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, man. Then she's a bad mom because they <laughs> should have been at the house. <laughs> or maybe maybe they're staying at their dad's. Uh, I, I Maybe. Well, she's they better listen to her now since she's a vampire. They can't <laughs> well, keep no secrets from Maz. She'll hear them from miles away. Let's talk about that though. What did you think of that power? Because that actually goes coincide with the comics. That was actually a continuity and with the comics. But what did you think of the effects for it? Uh, see, the CGI didn't bug me too much, except during fight scenes when it was just yeah. all over the place. But, like, when it was showing off his powers, I, I thought those looked cool, like the echolocation thing and how everything kind of dissolved into smoke while he was listening. I thought that was really cool. I like that and, aspect. And colorful. Like, when he was throwing the ball around, it was that bright red color. I was like, that's very pretty to look at. <laughs> it, like, his powers looked cool, but it also was weird because and I, I heard another review talk about this, and I was like, yes, that. They don't really explain, like, what comes with being a vampire. It's just like, oh, he's super strength. He has claws. He can well, fly, but only when there's a breeze. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they, I didn't quite did, – It does he uh, – is he weak against sunlight or is he just playing? Like, Well, don't forget, Morbius also, also talked about this, where he was basically doing a science – breaking down a science, his thesis with everything – Two, where he was actually saying all the stuff that he has, solenair hearing and all that stuff. So that was okay with me because he actually broke it down into the science and explained it out loud to the audience. So that part I was okay with. But the flying part, no. It's like all of a sudden now we can fly into the wind. Can he fly in the comics? I I have to do some more research on that. I'll let you know, but... I feel like he could glide, maybe, or jump very far. I think he can jump, and that's about it. I'm not. I can. I can see him gliding. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember if he can fly. Also, can we talk about his relate his romance with Bancroft? Yeah, because like anytime they were together, I was just like, I don't care about you two. 
Like you're, you're just, I, I didn't get that chemistry. I didn't, I was like, like, okay, so you work together for a few years. Like, why are you in love? Exactly. There was no romantic chemistry between them. Even, there's no flirting any way in any shape or form or context in this film to indicate that they have a love interest. Yeah. And like I mentioned before we started, when we were in the green room, uh, I mentioned the fact that if you think about the 90s and you think about how they try to force feed you a relationship and just to randomly have a love interest, this would be it. This is how you would do it. It's just like, oh, does our lead have a penis? Huh. Yes. Does our does our does our side have a vagina? Huh. People love heterosexuality. Let's let's get them together. <laughs> let's get it on. Like don't Marvin need a reason. <laughs> just have them hook up. But I do want to mention this. Morbius Morbius does have the ability to fly. Okay, cool. Um okay. Morbius uh can uh drinks blood in order to survive and had a strong uh, aversation to light. His bones became hollow, and he gained the ability to fly, as well as gaining superhuman strength, super speed, and accelerating healing. So can, can, uh, since he gets his powers from vampire bats, essentially, it, it also made me think, like, are vampire bats, like, strong? His fast? I want to say his strength is probably at a four at best, or a five at best. Five? Yeah. On a superhero scare scale, five yeah. out of ten. But a five out of ten. He's not like overpowered. He's not like OP. Uh, stronger than most. Stronger than most. Okay. And okay. another thing that confused the heck out of me was this: like the part where I understand they were trying to go for the last with the whole Venom bit. Who are you? I'm Venom. Just kidding. I'm like, dude. Venom is in San Francisco. You're in New York. How do you know that Venom says that? Right. That does not make any sense. And then when you see the purple come down and you see Michael Keaton in there, I'm like, I'm done. At that point, I wanted to rage quit just like you did. Because I'm like, this does not make any sense. I understand what you're trying to do. But he would have more of a chance of showing up in San Francisco before going into New York, even though New York is actually the premise of Spider-Man. But... It makes if you have Venom in here and he's from San Francisco, why not put him in San Francisco? The, those post-credit scenes just just prove to me that they don't know what they're doing, and no. they just they just want they just want their Sinister Six movie so badly, <laughs> but they don't want to put the necessary work in to make it to make it work. One, the trailers ripped us off because they showed multiple scenes of. Michael Keaton like having full-on conversations with Morbius and it was just like oh we didn't get those scenes and then with him in the vulture suit later first off like where did you get that that's not your universe like where where'd you find a vulture suit like and I don't remember but also do how many years have passed since those events happened where he had to kill his friend yeah, he's had to kill his friend. So, how many years has it been? Is another thing. Yeah, has it been like a few days, a few months? Like, and I'm also confused. Like, did did uh, Vulture like built his suit? Because I remember from Spider-Man: Homecoming, he wasn't the smart one. He wasn't the one building this stuff. So I'm like, did he find someone else to build the suit? It, it was just a lot. And I was like, hey, let's go. I think Spider-Man's involved with me being here. Help me find him. And right. Morpheus is like, cool, bro. Let's do it. <laughs> but another thing, though, too, like I mentioned with the bats and how he ended up taking the uh, control of the bats and everything, that's in the comics as well because he can do that. But it reminded me of so much of Zack Snyder's uh, Batman versus Superman at that point because they, they lift him up, and after that he's flying towards him with that to stab him. Doomsday reference. And uh, Zack Snyder's The Blueprint. <laughs> But another thing, like I said, they should do is take your villains, because we are getting uh, the Conqueror. I forgot what his name is. Uh, Kang. Kang the Conqueror, I believe. But he's an MCU. No, 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 not the MCU. My bad. Uh, what's he? Is Craven supposed to be the a, Hunter. Yeah, that's it. 
Thank you. Raven the Hunter. We're supposed to be having him in there. We're supposed to have Venom and everything else. So it makes more sense. Build your uh, villain universe up first. And then focus on bringing in Spider-Man to where he can actually bring, maybe they, they can actually bring in a Sinister Six in that way versus mm -hmm. it being an Oscorp and ha already being over at Oscorp. Yeah. That makes more it, sense to me. Yeah. I think at this point, at this stage, what they should do is any movie they make that involves a villain, whether it be like Craven or the Rhino. I know Rhino is one of them they, they want to do. Yeah. Sandman, which I don't think you can really make movies based on these people. But if that's what they're going to do, they need to make the movies about the villains more kind of like kind of like gang movies you know in gang movies like goodfellas or the godfather they're obviously people that are breaking the law these are right. technically criminals but you still root for them you still are like oh heck yeah i hope your drug deal is successful boo <laughs> you know they like have them do bad things but make it like you know you got to write it in a way where we're on their side kind of like you would get in those gang movies and because i feel like that it makes us like them, but it still keeps them in the villainous role. So it makes sense that they would want to kill someone who would stop them from doing those crimes. And also, I feel like they should have found some way to include Sp one of the Spider-Man, probably Andrew Garfield, uh, into this movie and just have him foiling stuff like morbius is trying to steal something and spider-man comes and knocks him out that should have been the end credit scene i agree they should have had right but no we didn't get any of that it was not that great of a film it, you could definitely tell that they wanted it to be longer but instead they cut out a lot of the extra time in this movie too but overall this movie is not even worth even seeing in theaters I wasted an hour and 42 of my life that I can't get back again. Mm -hmm. So I, with I also wish one, one last thing, if they were going to keep it PG 13, I'm looking at the picture underneath here and our background where he has yeah. the suckers on his hand. And I, I keep thinking of this animated Spider-Man show where he couldn't bite people because it's a cartoon. So you had the suckers that you just right. suck the plasma out of people, which was honestly kind of worse. <laughs> I'm like, they should have done that. That would have been really creepy. And you can just I see love that people, like, just wither away. Like, that would be kind of cool. Because that's also another new way of actually making him adapt to to this thing, to a new ability for him. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I can't get blood. I don't like human blood, but maybe I can actually use get the plasma, plasma instead. But no. They they missed the marker on it, they, and I felt like I was playing the movie, the game Vampire, whenever mm -hmm. I was seeing the special effects for it. I'm like, this is so much of va like Vampire. He just unlocked a new ability that I have to go. He got some expert points, and he just winded up gaining some abilities. Yeah, it, but uh, they don't know what they're doing. I, yeah. I I hate that Disney has almost a monopoly on every company on movies. But I, I, I would rather Sony just sell the rights to Spider-Man over to them because at least they'll be in the hands of people who know what they're doing, who understand the comics, and who know how to tell a slow story that properly builds up to what they're doing. Like they've been right. doing it for over a, a couple decades, or not a couple, about a decade, about, if you think almost about a decade, a decade now, 2010. Yeah, yep. 2010. Or, or whenever the first Iron Man came out, you know, I, I, I guess technically we can start counting the original Spider-Man movies, too. <laughs> right. But, but they, still, man, I mean, it's just a disappointment. I wish that I could give everybody a positive review, but this is how we saw it and everything. If you guys have a different outlook on it, tell us in the comments below. But for me, it just falls flat on his face. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jared Leto as Morbius again. I will say that I, I, I liked him. If, if I could keep anything, it would, it would be him. I was like, cool. I think, I think he found, I think he found his role. His superhero so role. Too. Here's the thing. I liked, I liked Jared Leto in this movie. Like you mentioned, this is my final thoughts on it, but 
there was nothing wrong with Jared Leto's performance. Those people who are hating on Jared Leto, you guys are just hating on him because of Joker. I definitely and, was. And House of Gucci, and I'll even own up to the fact that House of Gucci, with him doing that Mario impression, that Italian accent, when he should not be doing that impression. If you want to do an Italian impression, to be like Rob De Niro. Hey, what the, what are you doing? What are you doing here? I can't do Italian. <laughs> I, 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 can't. Just, I just attempted, and I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to stop. I won't do but it. no, but you gotta do. You gotta go on ahead. You gotta go on ahead, smack somebody around. That's what you gotta do. I'm gonna go on ahead and tell you what you gotta do here. Okay, you gotta go on ahead. You gotta go. Uh, if you want to go ahead and get this nice design over here, this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna go ahead. You're gonna march up to that stage. You're gonna you're gonna go on ahead. You're gonna walk that catwalk like nobody else. Like you're selling some pizza. You hear me? Okay. Then after that, you're gonna turn around. Then you're gonna sway sw- sw- yourself all the way sway. across that catwalk. And that's how you do it. That's how you do it here. Kabish. Now we're going to go in here. We're going to go to Donkey, get some donkeys, and then we're going to pull a Yui and then go back home. I love I just all said, of those things. I'm down. And basically donkeys what and I just Yui. said was was this. We're going to go to Dunkin' Donuts, and then after that, we're going to pull a U-turn and then go home. <laughs> we're going to do a U-turn. We got to go back. Right. But like I said, um, uh, Jared Leto was not the issue here. I thought that he did a fantastic job at what he had. He played Dr. Morbius exactly how I would want him to play a doctor. He has that slow kind of talk, uh, smooth talk, where he actually cares about his patients. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want is good bedside manner. And that's what he has. Yeah. What's bad is I have more blood than this whole movie in in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. But anyways, guys, this is going to be it for our review and our take of Morbius. And guys, like I said before, comment below. Let us know your thoughts on Morbius. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Tell us in the comments below. Did you feel like we did? Where basically he was just a vegetarian and it just didn't give us anything. Um, But go ahead, comment below, smash that subscribe button on the right-hand corner. Also, too, ring that bell. Smash that bell. Let, Let us know. That actually just allows you guys to know when we have something new here. I mean, we love you tonight. But speaking of which, Alex has his own channel whenever he's not here with me. And he does an excellent job with his editing and everything else. So I'm going to let Alex take it away with his channel. And after that, I go into my other plugs. Hi. So you guys can find me at A Town Reviews. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at A Town Alex 3. Apparently, there's two more ahead of me, so I'm the third A-Town Alex. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow, and I look forward to seeing everyone again. So you're the third? I'm the third A-Town Alex. Mm. A-Town Alex. Loyalty. I would love to meet A-Town Alex one and two. Maybe four, if it's worth my time. If he's not I'm a douche. A <laughs> well, anyways, with that being said, guys, go on ahead, subscribe to the channel, go on ahead, follow us on Good Pods. It's basically social networking for people that love listening to podcasts or you're a podcaster yourself. Go on ahead and do that. Rate us, give us a five star review, comment on individual episodes. Also, do go over to Spotify, rate us over there, follow us over there. Also, to Apple Podcasts as well, give us a five star rating over there. It allows other people to be able to find our podcast and be able to interact with us as well. Of course, tomorrow night, we are actually having some storms coming in. So what I'm going to be doing is, though, I'm going to do a pre-recording of a movie that I'm going to be reviewing. matter of fact, it's Nick's film called Glass. And no, it's not to get confused with uh, the movie Glass. But... I'm just going to tell you this. It's very, it's a very great, it's a good film for 10 minutes. I'm going to tell you that. Wednesday night at nine at 8.30 p.m. Central Time, 9 o'clock, East, 9.30 Eastern, I'm going to have Emmy Award director uh, Diego Silva on the show. This is his second time being on the show. I interviewed him back when I was first starting out on the podcast. So it's going to be a thrill to talk about his new horror movie. As a matter of fact, his new horror movie is going to be coming out and everything tomorrow on apple podcast as well and i cannot wait to dive into this as well so go ahead check out his new movie and basically i'm going to go ahead and tell you what that movie is so that way i'm not blanking on it (laughs) i'm blanking so blanking so let's see here it's called haunting souls 
And I'm just going to tell you this. I looked at the trailer. The trailer looks fantastic. He put a lot of thought, a lot of effort into this film. You have actors and actresses that are standouts, in my opinion. But tomorrow, I'm definitely going to be checking out the film. And then after that, after I interview Diego, the, maybe a couple of days later, I'm going to end up doing a review on that. Um, then Thursday, Wednesday night, let's see, that's going to be Wednesday night. Then Thursday night is our review of Moon Knight, but that's going to be up uh, edited and everything for Friday night. Uh, so either that's going to be dropping Friday or it could drop Saturday. Either one, so stay tuned for that. And that's everything that you can know here over here at Movie Lovers Unite. Also, too, follow me underneath TikTok on Movie Lovers Unit Zero and, of course, on Twitter at Movie Lovers Unit. And then, of course, if you want to go ahead, if you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show, reach out to me at MovieLoversUnite at gmail.com, and that's everywhere that you can reach me at. I do appreciate it, Alex, for talking about this film. It's always a pleasure to be able to do this with you, man. It's always a blast. I never know what I'm going to get with you. <laughs> oh, either. I, I, I have so much fun with fun with you thank you again for having me and just so you guys know i have the crop top on right now so if we want to start that only fans movie <laughs> review page just know i'm ready i got i got it going on Look, oh that that's just a quick peek everyone that's what, just a pg-13 peak by the possibilities way. <laughs> the possibilities are endless this is going to be movie lovers after dark after dark, <laughs> watch Alex review movies and nothing but a crop top and some slippers <laughs> and a robe and a but, robe. I don't have a robe. I need to get a robe. Yeah, you need to do that if we're gonna do an after hours. See, that's how. That's why we got to start the OnlyFans. Maybe if someone will donate a robe. Yeah, donate a rope, help Alex out, help us out with Movie Lovers After Dark. So anyways, guys, that's going to do it for tonight, and, and our our fiancés and spouses are going to kill us. Uh, so anyways, always <laughs> until next time, guys. It's been real, it's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. It's always a pleasure, and bye-bye. 